If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. Welcome, everybody, to the Potterskew Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate, Rico. What's up, man? What's up, dude? Uh, another another week, another life in paradise. <laughs> paradise? I didn't know yeah. Jersey was paradise. Yes, it's not. Um, <laughs> A week in purgatory? Yeah, something like that. Um, although it is starting to finally get fucking warm, so I'm happy about that. So That's, You're taking all of our good weather. Our... our uh... It's really gray and rainy over here. Well, that's doing that here too, so we're sharing. Um, <laughs> what's been up, man? How you doing? I'm a good. A uh, little tired. Little. I. I'm a little hungover. Uh, but I think I deserved it. I'm actually in some pain too. That's that's another that's thing. Awesome. Is uh, I'm all creaky and my back hurts. And w- when I fucked up my back on that chair, um, I healed, but I didn't get, ever get an alignment. So. Yeah. I took Steph to a chiropractor twice last week for her to get adjusted because she needs it. Yeah. And then I just I sold the chiropractor. I'm like, okay, I'm jealous. I need to I need to come back. I need <laughs> to come in and get my own adjustment. So I uh, made an appointment tomorrow. I'm going to go and the the receptionist says, so what specifically does the chiropractor need to like focus on? I'm like everything, like fucking everything. Yeah. Like I'm coming in. I want everything cracked. If it's crackable, I want it cracked. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, that works the, out for you. Yeah, but the weird thing is, is that was before all of a sudden my ankle hurts. Like now, my left ankle hurts. Oh, geez. And I didn't do anything. I didn't twist it, but it feels like how it would feel if like you twisted your ankle. But I never twisted my ankle. Okay, that's a little creepy. I'm not gonna lie. For the simple fact that for the last like four or five days, my left ankle has felt that way as well, and that's my bad ankle. So maybe there's like sympathy pains. I don't know. Even though you didn't know that I was having pain. Like just we're, we're we're such good friends that hetero, like yeah the hetero life made thing so yeah the hetero, hetero life pain yeah um so by the way um speaking of your back and the chair and all that we have well we've gained many new fans over the last several months which is I'm very grateful for and thank you to all of you but we've gotten our first confirmed international fan which I think oh. is exciting. Um, yeah, um, there was that other fan of mine from Rico's Rants. I don't know if he's listened to our shit. Right. I don't know. If, I don't know if he. I don't know, uh, but he is. I don't. He's ever given me a confirmation. I'll just have to ask him. But uh, we did get our. We are known in Australia. Known and spreading, from what I'm being told, because I'm keeping in contact with her. Pretty virus. Yeah, we are. We are viral, but not in a good way. Um. <laughs> So, no, but I want to give a shout out to at J 
6K9 on Twitter. She is a woman from Australia and has fucking binged our shows. And I'm sorry to her for that, but that's... <laughs> um, and I, I haven't shared this with you, or I don't know if you saw it because it's on the show account, but she actually did watch the 37 in a row Clerks commentary episode. With mm-hmm. clerks, like her and some friends got together and watched it and listened together. Dude, we were the source of a party. Is that weird? Very weird, but I'm very grateful as well. I don't want to sound uh, ungrateful to her. It's awesome that they did that, and she said it lined up perfectly. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. I mean, we didn't lie, and we did watch, and we went through the whole thing, but I was afraid maybe something got lost in the editing translation thing, and it didn't. So very happy about that. What was more surreal was when I I spoke to her personally on on my own um, my own Twitter and was like just DMing her and just saying hey thanks for your support thanks for being a fan and then she was like how's your back and I'm like holy fuck no that was on the show account I have it right in front of me well th- that too but we also were sp- like speaking about other things like she was um we did do that on that but I'm saying like it's weird for me to talk about something on a podcast and then it's on someone say oh is your back feeling better yeah. Yeah, it's but it's very cool of her, and she's been very supportive so far, and I'm very, I'm happy, and thank you for listening, and keep spreading the word down under. So, I uh, I bragged about it to my to my brother, yeah, um, my brother Alex. We uh, it was it was Ron, my dad's birthday the other day. Oh, um, happy birthday, Ron! Yeah, he's eighty one. And still fucking feisty as a motherfucker. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so the plan was originally we were all going to go up to our property. The, to the land. My brothers and I were going to go up to the land. Yeah. I was waiting up there. And my brother Alex wasn't feeling very well. And his wife is pregnant and about to like give birth. So a lot of this was like, maybe we shouldn't like have you go up in the middle of fucking nowhere. Just in case like you got to go. Um, and plus the, it was starting to storm at the, at the land. So it all kind of worked out where we, Joel and I, my other brother, Joel and I went and saw Captain Marvel together. And then we hung out at my dad's and Alex wasn't going to show up. And then Alex finally did show up because he was feeling a little bit better. And, and I told him about the podcast. He was asking about it, showing the logo and everything. And, and he was like, dude, I got to actually start like listening to this. And I, when I told him, I said, dude, we got this awesome logo. I'm now expecting you. If I get a fucking shirt of this made to for you to wear it, that's nice. what I want. And he said, "Well, how many people are listening to it?" I'm like, "Dude, like I got listeners in Australia." He's like, "Are you shitting me?" I was like, "No, dude, I'm a worldwide phenomena." <laughs> well, phenomenon's <laughs> a little strong, but okay. Um, no, I'm, 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 I'm. I, if I just said I'm worldwide, he'd be like, "Of course you are. You're fat." I didn't want to fucking give him uh, that ammunition. Gotcha. So, gotcha. I, you know, but uh, I. Played him a little bit of stuff, and then um, we had a good birthday for my dad. And then um, it was my nephew's birthday. My my nephew Vinny is actually like his birthday is a day before my dad's. Okay, so sort of semi oldest and semi youngest, sort of right next to each other. Nice. So I went I went to my nephew's birthday yesterday. Um, talk about strange listeners and stuff like that. So I got a new boss at work. Mm-hmm who is closer to our age than my previous boss, which is not meant any other way except as a delineation between the two. Um, and I mentioned 
that I am not only a Kevin Smith fan, but that I am a podcaster, and she immediately made me put the show title into her phone, and she is now listening to Potaskew. So, my boss listens to Potaskew. Which means, if you say the wrong thing, your I'm ass fired. is grass. Yeah, no. Um... I, all kidding aside, I don't talk about my job on here. You know that, and I do that by design. So the chances of me getting fired or in trouble are next to nothing. So, um, and I will share. It's that one time you went to detail about how you, like, you know, did something. No, I'm just, I'm just no, like, fuck you. Don't do that. But, Rico, I think, I think we've made our guest wait long enough. He's been sitting there for eight and a half minutes in utter silence, and that's just not fair. Oh, fuck him. Oh, come on. That's fucked up. That's fine. I went and made food. You went and made food. There you go. <laughs> um, that voice, everybody, is our friend Mark, who was on the Oscars episode with us. And much like the other people who have been on the Oscars episode, we wanted to give him the chance to come on and not have to watch the Oscars and talk to us. So, um, Have some retribution. Yeah. yeah basically penance for making him sit through that how you doing mark i'm okay how are you guys good man good thanks for coming back on we appreciate it thanks for having me no no problem man no problem before we get into what we were going to get into tonight i was wondering if you wanted to kind of because we didn't give you the opportunity on the oscars one if you wanted to plug some of the stuff you got going um because your twitch stream is (laughs) really gaining popularity pretty quickly um yeah it's been very strange just because you know, I've been streaming regularly off and on for close to a decade now, and it's just kind of been consistently my friends. And then in the past, like, couple of months, like, the past, like, month, month and a half, uh, we've actually gotten, like, a small group together of people who aren't people that I know. And it's been like, oh, okay, that's kind of nice. <laughs> but yeah, I stream every Friday and every Saturday at twitch.tv slash markbwriting. On Fridays, we do Let's Play Friday, where I play a game from start to finish over, over however many sessions is required. We're presently playing a game called Super Robot Wars V, which I'm is basically loving. based off of various Gundam and other giant robot animes. The other game, the other thing that we do on Saturdays is we will either just do a random game, or at this point, usually about once a month, once every four weeks, we will do a live board game stream. And if you want to see me come and fuck that up, that's the one you should watch, because that's the one I tend to screw up. I mean, you know, you're fine. Except when I give away the the uh, yeah. the virus yeah. person. I mean, like, that was that was that was also a, that was a different kind of fine. That was yeah. a different kind of fine. That yeah. was, you know, that was entertaining. Oh, totally, totally. And then. You know, whether you continue to stream or just have us over to hang out, that's probably going to live in infamy from now on. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, that's that is definitely that is definitely a board game night meme. That's yeah, it's never going away. Um, no. But but that's all right. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Let's and let's get into it. So um, right before we started, we watched a um, and, and this is before you were able to jump on with us, Mark. But we watched a thing on YouTube called the Top Ten. Was it Top Ten Fan Theories that are mind blowing or something to that effect? Rico, I think is what it was called. Something in the kind of that. It was like Top Ten Film Theories or whatever. 
yeah, a fan fan theories it could actually be real or something like that. And, and if you're interested in seeing it, it's from on Watch Mojo. So go to Watch Mojo on YouTube and check it out. Either pause us, watch it, and then come back or whatever. But there were a couple on there that were really kind of intriguing, and then some that were just kind of silly but fun to think about. The the, the immediate one of those that jumps out at me was that Kevin McAllister from Home Alone grew up to become Jigsaw, which I thought was kind of funny. It was funny, but that definitely is not. Like, you could easily debunk that by, like, well, no, because they're in the same kind of time frame. Oh, they both in the early 90s? Well, there are parts, because the Saw, the Saw movies kind of jump around in timelines, like, and everything. Not, like, alternate timelines, but, like, what you think is a sequel is really a prequel. It just doesn't specify what year it is, and then you're like, oh, this was before he died. Blah, blah, blah. So no, just even if you go, even if you just like consider it from a, a time window perspective, Saw is the the first film happens in two thousand and four. So it's it's fairly reasonable assume to assume that the franchise starts like the the, the universe as we understand it begins in the area of two thousand and four. Like the, the John Kramer is doing his stuff in two thousand and four. And John well, Kramer is I like what like 50, 60, somewhere in that area? Yeah. Kevin McAllister is eight in the 1980s. Right. Yeah, so or at best 90. he'd be in his 20s by that point. Yeah. yeah so. Macaulay Culkin is looking rough. He is not He is not <laughs> fucking looking Tobin Bell rough, okay? <laughs> he is not. Oh, there's the whole part about how Tobin Bell's character, John Kramer, had cancer, but like, I don't think cancer ages a motherfucker like that. Yeah, like cancer is terrible. Cancer, cancer does not does not make you look like Angus Scrum from the fucking um, from the fucking Phantasm series. <laughs> it doesn't make you look old. It just makes you look like thin. Also, further to the point, in that first movie, Tobin Bell like is still like relatively ripped up. Like he can he can still like probably fight a motherfucker if he wanted to. And I mean, like, cancer will eventually make you like skinny, and and you know, like it'll it'll you'll lose weight, and you'll you'll just be falling apart and whatnot. Yeah. But at that point, no, he was even with cancer, he was entirely capable of like being a physical specimen. Yeah, Kevin he... McAllister. Kevin McAllister is not is not fucking John Kramer. It's just unless he I... like f- fell into the French dip. I would love to see a Home Alone like other movie where it shows him as an adult and he does a jigsaw fucking type of like things, but like no. That that theory, while it's funny, not even close to being true or even like plausible. The other the other small one that I don't want to devote too much time to, but honestly I can't speak very intelligently to, so you guys may have to help me out here, was that the the Mad Max Road Warrior Mad Max Fury Road thing where the feral kid from Road Warrior is the main protagonist in Fury Road. Fury Road. But, That's plausible. Okay. And see my exposure to that is the clip we watched during the countdown. So I don't know much about it, you know. I I think it's definitely plausible. Uh I, I, and I because at the same time, you were kind of looking at her like, hmm, Tom Hardy and Mel Gibson, not all alike. Right. Except, except maybe, yeah, even, even then. Yeah, like in a broad sense, the, the, char- the titular character of Mad Max is always supposed to be Max Rokotansky. Yeah. Which is, there, which there's is nothing the- saying 
that it, that it has to be Max. So it's it's very possible that enough time elapses during the period uh, from uh, Mad Max Beyond was it Beyond Thunderdome was the one where he met that kid or Mad Max Two uh, Mad- Road Warrior. They said two in the clip, but I don't know if, if that's incorrect. I'm okay, not so sure. that's Road Warrior then. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's very possible within the universe in which Mad Max exists that enough time has elapsed from Road Warrior to Fury Road, where that kid has grown up and taken on the Mad Max name and is just Mad Max now. There's there's a certain amount of implication in the film that he is. The same Max Rokotansky because there's like post-traumatic stress disorder type stuff that Max Rokotansky sees that would be unique to Max that the kid wouldn't necessarily have going on. So that the implication is meant to be that it's always Max Rokotansky. Unless you emulate Max so much that he did kind of like have his own PTSD similar. Yeah, it's possible. It's just I would not I would say it's probably not likely. And I definitely think from a narrative perspective that this is absolutely not what the author intends. But you could you could go with it and you'd be like, eh, okay. <laughs> well, it's the same director. Maybe he's open to it. I mean that would be a thing where you'd have to actually ask him directly, I would think. Well, and that kind of leads to the next one, I think. That's a good transition, and this one goes into um, a world that Mark, you may not be as familiar with, but the there's a theory that Harry Potter. Um, are you familiar with those movies at all, Mark? Or no? If you're not, I get that. But I've I, I've seen most of the movies and read the books. Yes. Okay, so I didn't realize you were that deep into it. Awesome. So the theory is that you know how Harry's trapped under the stairs, especially in the first one. They they keep him like locked in that closet thing. Is that all of the adventures off at Hogwarts weren't real, but in his mind and his way of, like, escapism while trapped under the stairs. I mean, sure. That's as, that's as feasible as anything else. And that the injuries that he suffers in those worlds, in those stories, are actually the result of the abuse he was taking from those, his aunt and uncle, I think it was, right? The Dursleys, yeah. Yeah. Rico, I remember you were kind of like, eh... Well, I was meh at first, and then once it, I thought about it, I'm like, okay, I actually could get behind that. The whole, like, like the scar is from a car accident that killed his parents. And then he just made his own fantasy thing. And um, what, I, 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 what, I, what I said to you off camera was that I, it actually saddens me that that is a more believable uh theory than whatever the fuck jk rowling is doing with their own franchise because i saw crimes of grindelwald and it fucking sucked and and she's rewriting her own bullshit that's what really upsets me is that like what you know like you're like okay this that and this one 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 equals fucking three and then she's like no actually equals four you're like no it doesn't (laughs) <laughs> so no, it does because I said it because it's my own writing and I'm the creator. And you're like, no, no, it, it, it's the, and I don't even want to really fucking ruin it, but it'd be like the equivalent of being like all this time, you know, Darth Vader is Luke and Leia's dad. You know that. Then it's like, no, actually it was Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker were gay lovers and 
They adopted <laughs> some fucking kids. And you're like, wait, what? No. What the? F- no. Are you like, looking no, for I- Ryan Johnson? Like, because seriously, that's what it kind of sounds like. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, fucking J.K. Rowling's become the new Ryan Johnson. Yeah, but she's allowed to at least fuck up her own material. Ryan fucked up somebody no, else's material. Not, at this point, it's not her. It's not her shit. It's now ours. It's now oh. the fans. Anyway, death of the author. Death of the yeah. author. Um, well, it's interesting you brought up Star Wars, Rico, because the next one that I was thinking about, and this one actually intrigued me to the point that I kind of wonder if there's some validity to it. And Mark, your head might explode on this one. Um. The theory was that Jar Jar Binks is actually the most powerful Sith Lord that's ever existed. And all of his um, antics and the way he acts are actually all part of a master plan. Yeah, that, that theory has been going on for years now. It's never going to be it's never gonna be canon. You're not no. going to make fetch a thing, Gretchen. It's cute and ha ha and whatever, but no, fuck off with that shit. Who the fuck is Gretchen? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> Have neither of you seen Mean Girls? Jesus Christ. I mean, no. I did. How do you run a movie podcast and you've not seen Mean <laughs> Girls? Like, I, I, don't expect, I don't expect both of you to own, like, you know, high-quality copies. Uh, like, you know, like, like multiple signed Blu-ray copies of The Godfather. <laughs> but fuck, man. Damn. We'd actually have I, that more likely than Mean Girls, to be honest with you. I've seen Mean Girls. I'm more uh, astounded that you're defending Mean Girls as much as you are. Mean Girls is a good movie. Nothing wrong with it. All right. <laughs> it's like one of the I'm... few movies that Lindsay Lohan was good in. Yeah, I, that, that's not saying much, though. I think you, st- I think you stunned Rico into silence, which is a rare fucking thing to do. Only you, Mark. Only you could fucking do that. I, that's what I have been told many a time. <laughs> yes, well, you have. I've been there for that. Stop, you you, you, stop it. You're fucking with my own goddamn like mojo here. You don't pay my sub. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then, Mark, this one is the one I was really, this last one. There's more, but this is the last one I kind of really want to touch on because the rest of them are either ridiculous or we've already covered them just by coincidence. Um, this one goes back to the Matrix and that. Neo wasn't actually the one. It was Agent Smith that was the one. Okay, but you're assuming that Agent Smith was a person. Yeah, but you're assuming Neo's a person. I mean, unless you're unless the physical representations of Neo in that situation are just meant to be, you know, more more digital code happening, like more stuff that he's being told from a coding perspective, like eh. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a matter of that's a neat idea but how far do you take that you know what I'm saying and I I can't really have an opinion because I haven't seen the Matrix trilogy in more than like I mean it's been like a good I want to I want to say almost like a decade at this point well the the theory in uh, the thing we watched was that you know the one is born inside the Matrix and Mr. Air Agent Smith is born within the Matrix. No, you could use how you want to define the word "born" might, you know, skew what the, you know, what the outcome is. But like, they they reference the fact that the Oracle never says that Neo is the one. She never actually states that at any point. And then at one point, you know, she calls Agent Smith a bastard, and he turns to her and goes, "You would know, Mom." 
you know, so there's your born in the matrix theory. I mean, I don't, um, I don't really have an opinion on that one just because I mean, it's possible. It's just a matter of like, I feel like that particular fan theory, where can I put this? Um, however you want. <laughs> Somebody thought way too fucking hard about that one. Well, I mean, like, it's like kinda... thinking, thinking is good, but there's a point where it's just like, listen, listen, I put down the bong, <laughs> count I backwards mean... from a thousand and just like have a cheeseburger and relax. Cheech. Cause like, this is you're you're, you're, you're putting way more effort into this than the, the, um, the Wachowskis did. Well, and it it can be fair to say that the same thing can be said about all these theories. You know what I mean? Like, but I I get what you're saying. Isn't that Whatever happened to the days of fan theories where it was just like all the James Bonds are different? Well, that's still a good theory. That, that is still yeah, a good but it's theory. just like it's just like we're at a point now where it's like people are people are trying to play like four dimensional chess with fan theories, and I'm just like, uh, I got a job, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, that's right of not having to give a shit. That that helps. Mm. Uh, that um, helps. <laughs> I got a theory. What if what if Mark gave a fuck? <laughs> Mark is a I fuck, give a fuck lot, about lot some things. things. I give a fuck yeah. about some things. Just you know. Um, but I do. I and the one reason we brought you on, Mark, was because you know you you know your video games better than anybody I know by a long shot and and it's exampled by your you know when you were talking about what you're watching on twitch or what you're streaming on twitch with the robot super robot wars v and what was that i i forget about the rpg you did two weeks ago oh, or ta- yeah it was an rpg rpg well angry sir no 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 maybe it's not an rpg but it's that one you just got in that had the um nero and or not oh, nero um but- fate extella Phoenix, yeah, it's not an RPG. That honestly, that one looks like a lot of fun too. I might have to pick that one up at some point. But um, it's a <clears throat> it's a hack and slash. I know you said in your stream it's Dynasty Warriors, but I don't know if Mark or if uh, Rico would be familiar with Dynasty Warriors. That game, I know, I know of Dynasty Warriors. I've never practically played it, but I know of it. Yeah, so it's it's basically and and Mark, you can fill in the gaps for me if you want, but it's basically slash your way through hundreds, if not thousands, of enemies and kind of take oh, yeah. take territories back from from the enemies and then that's how you clear the level but it's not just levels there's like a story behind it and, and character building and all that kind of stuff as well oh so, yeah absolutely I, I know the concept I, it sounds good yeah it's it's a fun looking game but anyway um so rico you had told me you know in our weekly discussions that you had gone off to gamestop and bought a couple games now recently and i know one of them you were talk about them all but i know there's one you were super excited about uh, mark just keep in mind that he he is only limited to a ps3 um i know you're not gonna judge him for that because you've got like everything that ever existed but um, he's a filthy casual whatever oh stop it um (laughs) i well he's not wrong i i just i'm a poor gamer that's really yeah no i totally i totally understand that and for me on in all honesty I appreciate anybody who's into games, regardless of what you can and cannot afford. So it's the fact that you have interest in games at all is is you know that's great, and I, I actively encourage you to be a part of gaming and to not let 
people seriously like denigrate you for a lack of modern experience or for not being hardcore in specific ways or whatever. Just, you know, being a part of gaming at all is great. And I really do appreciate that no matter to what level your uh, ability to play games actually exists. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And it is, I mean, my whole thing was, it is just that I can't afford it. And also, I don't want to fucking sacrifice all my shit to just get a fucking newer game with one, a newer system with one fucking game. Like, that's, I don't want to trade all my shit in. That's, and I, you know, I kind of want to keep everything. But, like, I've already, with this particular PS3, I've already had to have it, like, restored once. Like, it crashed on me and, like, I couldn't turn it on. And then I had to set it out for, like, 80 bucks and get it, like, basically restored. So, I, it is kind of me replaying all my games. Mm. for the first time because it wiped my fucking hard drive which they said they weren't going to do in the first fucking place so i basically paid eight dollars to lose all my shit is really how i'm looking at it. Um, yeah sometimes they don't have any real control over that like it's just whatever it is that they're trying to do ends up wiping the drive that's the one thing that's good about like the modern consoles at least is that they have the cloud save option where like your saves will just be uploaded and they're just they're there so even if you do whatever you lose all your stuff on the drive. You can just download them directly from the internet cloud. I don't think the PlayStation three has access to that. It does. No, it does. I used to have stuff on the cloud, but the storage space is incredibly fucking limited compared to the PS four. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you do, you just have less access. You just have less storage. That's fair. But they also, to, to be fair, Mark, and you know this as well as I do, the storage space required is not nearly as large either, you know. I mean, yes. But, well, um... The, the, whole, the whole thing of me also having a PS3 is no matter what, I will be able to be entertained at a cheaper cost. Even if I had a PS4, it still costs a lot of money if I can get a new game. Yeah. So, like... People always give me shit like, oh, you still have a VCR and you still have played DVDs. Well, it's like, well, I'm always going to be entertained. I will always well, have a DVD collection. I will always you know, have, I have some- a, a combination DVD VCR player, uh, VCR DVD player, so I can record stuff off of VHSs if I have something I want to keep. Yeah, of course. Um, but I'm also just a hardcore collector, so I still have all my VHSs. Like, I got like a thousand mm-hmm. of them. So, like, I have a thousand VHSs and mm-hmm. at least almost 300 or so DVDs, if not more. Um, but like, that's my whole thing is like, if I never, if I can never afford internet, I will always have a movie to watch, even if I've seen it before, but I also buy movies I've never fucking seen. Um, which is why I occasionally will buy PS3 games that like, Oh, you're just now getting into that. Well, I don't care. It's still a game. I can still have fun. So like, it's like, you don't see that in other media, which I think is very strange. Like you don't see, if somebody comes in and they're like, I just watched um, the Maltese Falcon, nobody's going to be like, you're just getting into that. You know, nobody's going to nobody's going to say, like, you're just watching Citizen Kane. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know, I, I, like, well, there, there is that because I have done that where I've had people be like, because my job is at a video store. So people are like, oh, you know what I just saw? I just saw the Terminator. I'm like, you just now saw the fucking Terminator. Okay, like, I understand then you're, you're, you're part of the problem. Then fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's different. It's more of just be- I mean, I think there's that whole thing where you do with your partners and your friends. Yeah. Like when you, when you find out you have like no disrespect to any of my ex-girlfriends, but like I've had to introduce the movie Goodfellas to them every single time because it's not a movie that they would go and actively see. Sure. You, you know what I mean? So, I mean, as Stephanie once fucking dubbed it perfectly, it's a dick flick. So, but there are other movies where it's like, 
there's that whole it's like it's kind of sexist but like women are like don't see the movies that guys introduce until they introduce it like what you haven't seen star wars like we have to sit down and watch star wars or raiders lost ark or something akin to that which um by the way rico just a real quick side note I was, you mentioned, remember I mentioned to you earlier, my boss is listening to the show now, mm-hmm. and she she said to me, she's like, you have to forgive me for one thing, no, some of your episodes I'm not going to get or I'm not going to understand because I've never seen Star Wars or Back to the Future. See, and I'm like, that's but that's the thing, and I, and I flat out said to her, because I've got a pretty good working relationship already with her, I said to her, I was like, how are you a Kevin Smith fan and never seen Star Wars or Back to the Future? What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, I mean, there are certain... And then Carl was fired. No, actually, she, she looked at me, laughed her ass off, and went, you're, you're 100% right. But see, though, that's my thing, is that something like the Maltese Falcon or Casablanca or Citizen Kane is just is now is significant for a film standpoint, but not so much as a pop culture standpoint. Right. Star Wars is pop culture incarnate. You know, there are movies about Star Wars that have not like they all they do is reference Star Wars. I'm like Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith would have less of a if it wasn't for Star Wars. Um but anyways, back to the fucking games. Um do you guys are, I, I might I think I remember all of them, but they're over there if I need to grab them. But you're gonna laugh. I got the first Assassin's Creed. I have okay. all, more or less, all the other Assassin's Creed. Never got the first one, and I think it's because someone let me Assassin's Creed Two, and I played that. That was my first introduction to Assassin's Creed, and then he let me the first one, and immediately I was like, "Wow, this is not as good." And so I just stopped. It's yeah, not as good. The second I, one I, is I a, for myself. The second one is substantially a step up from the first one. I think the first one was good for laying the groundwork, and as a first one, it did a great job. But it is definitely one of those series where if you've played, you know, especially the Ezio collection, which is, you know, um, and Mark, help me out here if I fuck it up, but it should be two Revelations and Brotherhood, I believe. I think that's correct, yes. The Ezio collection. two Brotherhood and Revelations. Well, I I wasn't trying to do them in order. I was just trying to name them. Um, But, you know, once you play the Ezio ones and then try to go backwards to Altair, it's hard to do. Right. Well, Assassin's Creed 1 was not great regardless. Like, if you look them up on Metacritic, Assassin's Creed 1, I think, sits with like a 70-something score, and the others are like 80s and 90s. So mm. it did lay the groundwork, but even for its time, developer, like, you know, reviewers were kind of like, eh, I don't know about this one. And it took Ezio's story for people to be like, you know what? I'm on board with this, not just because Ezio was a more interesting character, but because the the folks behind it, like, Assassin's Creed, by all indications, was at least partially the result of, of franchise runner at the time, Jade Raymond. And right. you could very much tell that the original Assassin's Creed was just like building a universe, coming up with concepts, and just throwing them in there and seeing what works. And Two really refined that into what we now know as the Ubisoft game. Right, right, right. Um, real quick, Mark, just for our listeners and potentially for Rico, because I'm not sure. Rico, are you familiar with the Metacritic score? Is are you familiar with that? 
Okay. For those who aren't familiar, just in case, because there are maybe some people that listen to our show that don't know what that is, Metacritic score is basically the game game equivalent to Rotten Tomatoes. So, it's not a specific site. I don't think there is one. Is there, Mark? Is there a Metacritic site like there is with Rotten Metacritic. Tomatoes? Metacritic.com, yes. Okay. Well, there you go. See, even I don't know everything about this stuff. But that's the, it's the gaming equivalent of Rotten Tomatoes. So... Anyway, well, no, it's it's Metacritic is everything. Uh, Metacritic is most commonly referred to in gaming circles, but they also do. They they started with movies. There is a Metacritic site for films. There's a Metacritic site oh. for other stuff. I well, I was not aware of that either. But there you go. Yeah, it's 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 most commonly referred to in gaming circles because there's other stuff that's more popular in cinematic circles. But like no, there's um, there's Metacritic for films and stuff. Okay. Fair enough. Well, so going back to what I was saying before, because I my hard drive I mean my hard drive was wiped like over a year ago. So I'm sort of just going through all my games and replaying them and just kind of getting hundred percent on each one. So I'm I have a lot of the Lego games. So mm. I'm trying to do all those. those yeah, that's, most- gonna, that's gonna be the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm already doing pretty fucking good. I've already got through uh, Star Wars the Complete Saga, Star Wars the Clone Wars, um, Harry Potter's years one to four and Harry Potter's year Harry Potter years five to seven. Uh Lego Batman three. God, how much are you playing? Those a games lot. are those games are notoriously very time consuming to one hundred percent. So I'm I'm burning through I mean, I also I know all the Lego games very well, so I can kind of like rush through it. But like I mean, mm. I haven't been doing this for like recently. I've been doing this off and on for like the past six months. Ah, uh, I see. Um, so right now I'm trying to go through Lar- uh, Lego Marvel Avengers because I just did uh, Marvel Superhero. So I'm treating the Assassin's Creed thing as that as well because I haven't played the other Assassin's Creed Creed games recently for like a while. Like I have two, I have Revelations, and I have Brotherhood, and I have three, and I have four. So I've got a whole decent collection of the Assassin's Creed. Plus now I got the first one. So when I when I'm done with all the fucking Lego games, I very very well may start the Assassin's Creed and just start the very beginning. So no matter what, I'm always upgrading. I right. start the I start the original one, and then I'm like, all right, it's all kind of new to me, and then I upgrade each fucking game. I, so I was on board that. With I feel Assassin's- like it's probably going to make more sense. Um, from a play perspective, like you'll just be like, "Oh, okay, I'm doing this now. I'm doing this now. I'm doing this," and it'll it'll evolve more readily for you as you play. Yeah, I think my ultimate goal is once I'm done with all the games, then I'll be able to fucking finally afford a PS4. I'll save off like five dollars every fucking game. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like they're like probably by the end of this year, you'll probably start seeing one that. Uh, in the two hundred dollar range, like two fifty somewhere around about there, so maybe. I always make that joke when I can finally afford a PS4 is when like a PS7 is coming out. Hmm. There, there actually, there, there's, there's rumors they're talking about a PS5 and um, Xbox 720 or whatever Microsoft is going to end up naming the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. they're going to mm. announce that so this he- year, right? What's that? They're planning to announce that this year, from what I was reading. They, people say that every fucking year. I don't know if it's true, but people have been saying that every fucking year for the past like three years now. Dude, and I still, shit. still don't have a fucking title for Star Wars 9, so I don't even know what the fuck I'm waiting on anymore. <laughs> yeah, I really wouldn't worry about it. 
What were you about to say, CJ, when I was sort of talking? Oh, I, I don't remember. It's not important. Um, well, I saw yeah. like four movies to talk about. Or three or four. Yeah. No, I know. We'll get in, we'll get through them. But the, the, the Assassin's Creed ones, oh, I remember what I was going to say. I um, I lost interest in, in, Mark, I'd like your feedback. And Enrico, you've seen this to a lesser degree because Steph has it for the Xbox One, correct? Yeah. Um, I don't like what they've done with Origins, and I haven't played it, but to also to a lesser degree, Odyssey, with the the format change. Um, Origin. I, I here's the thing to keep in mind. I stopped playing Assassin's Creed after three because okay. yes, because I just got tired of it. It's I I get tired of repeated franchises quickly. When it's like we're five or six games deep into something, and it's, it's, you know, I've been through that, I need to take a break from it. And some games I come back to, some I don't. Um, but like, Monster Hunter, I own the majority of the game. I own all the games in the franchise, but the one that came out on the Switch, I said, you know what? I bought like 15 of these goddamn games. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm taking a break. I need to fucking play this. Um, you know, I would vouch for... Four Black Flag is a fucking. I mean, I love Assassin's Creed Three. I would definitely vouch for Four. I thought it was better. If oh, I heard, I heard a lot of positive response to Four, and I'll probably check it out at some point. It's just the funny. I'm also just very tired of the Ubisoft game. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, and I know you aren't a big fan of Watch Dogs for reasons that aren't worth getting into, but. Um, I will tell you—they're you, not worth getting into, you scumbag piece of shit. Well, thanks, Mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're, telling, you're sitting here like, oh yeah, Mark has reasons for not liking this game, but they aren't valid. We don't give a fuck about them. No, I'm not saying they're not valid. I just know it'll be an hour <laughs> before you're done getting through them. <laughs> um, listen, listen. My opinions are valid. They have worth. They have meaning. Fuck they you. Absolutely have value and worth. They also have length. That's. <laughs> Um, listen, listen. I have to have something that has length, okay? <laughs> Let me have this. <laughs> um, I will tell a quick story though. Um, Mark it's used not to about be my dick, is it? No, it's nothing to do with your dick. <laughs> well, if it's if it's quick, it should be a ejaculation. Yeah. No. Um. So it's about Mark used to have another podcast and and mark i don't even know if you would say it was yours or not i'm not trying to no that was uh, the one sean madsen ran and recorded which was the diehard Gamecast. right but you were part of it so that's why i'm saying it's yours too um, right it's, it was... it's, it's i've been a part of like god like six different podcasts now um one of them was actually mine and like four of them belong to robert hubs okay um but this one was for the website that if I'm understood you the other night correctly, you don't write for anymore, correct? It's not that I don't write for it; it's that nobody writes for it. Like oh, the really? site okay. physically exists, you can go there and see the content, but without getting into all of the specifics, like near as I can tell, life just caught up with all of us. Sure. You know, I um, you know, Sean Madsen had two kids now. So he's not really in a position to. I, he had two kids with his wife. I want to be clear. Like this isn't, you know, <laughs> uh, like this isn't an Arnold Schwarzenegger situation where it's like, hey, Sean, you're pregnant. What? 
Um, <laughs> like you know, this is he 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 his wife had he and his wife had two kids, so he has no real time to be a game reviewer anymore. Matt has been doing a bunch of other stuff. He he probably has more time than Sean, but he's yeah. not in a position where he's going to do anything like idea wise on his own. Um, Alex has been has moved like a couple of different times and has just gotten tired of playing video games for review purposes and writing about them because like his hands are all shot. So writing the reviews takes it out of him functionally. And like, I just had anxiety issues and that was during like the, you know, like the last year that I was still taking care of my mother. So it was, right. I had no motivation to do anything with that. And it's just all, one by one, we all just stopped and like, nobody's doing it anymore. And I don't think it would be just a matter of one person doing it again to get back into it. Like, it would take a gargantuan effort to get the site active and viable again. And I just don't have that in me. So I just kind of am focusing on taking it one day at a time for me and getting to a point where hopefully I can do all the stuff I want to do with, you know, making YouTube videos, maybe starting my podcast back up again, whatever. Sure. But yeah, like the diehard game fan was a great was a great time. I got a lot. Uh, you know, I I went to E three twice because of it. It was a great part of my life. It's a great site. It's still there. But yeah, it's it's basically dead at this point. Well, and and my point for bringing it up though was that you guys were kind enough to have me on a couple of episodes. Oh yeah, and one of them I brought up Assassin's Creed three as probably the best game of the year at the time that it was released, and fucking crickets. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, no. None of us. None of us like that game. None of us like yeah. that game. It was. Um, I went Assassin's in like Assassin's Creed Super- Three was a baffling one to me, just because they're re-releasing it, like a you know a remake version of it, and Are I'm they? just like, why though? What well, I liked it. It's it's um, fine, but it's just like it's not the Assassin's Creed anybody points to and says something about, you know. Assassin's Creed 2 is always going to be the yeah. game that debuted Ezio and made Assassin's Creed what it is. Assassin's Creed 1 is the game that started it all. Assassin's Creed 4, a lot of people really love that game because of the ship combat. Assassin's Creed 3, like, that's not a game that anybody is like, this is my favorite of the franchise. It's not a game that has anything going on in it that's like a, a must-see sort of thing. The, you know, just the way that the game is positioned, a lot of, like, a, a lot of the long-term history of it is just sort of a collective shrug. What I liked about three was that I liked it before I found out about four. <laughs> that, that was, it was my yeah. favorite. I mean, apart, I mean, look, you you are right that the Ezio trilogy is sort of, I would argue probably the most popular, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then four, I think made was just a better game in part because I think there's this, there's that mythology to the pirates kind of thing. Like, uh, it was because there is that whole, there's the cowboy element for Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, that people are, we want a pirate version of this, and the close get was Assassin's Creed Four. Like oh, I would yeah. still love a pirate version of Red Dead Redemption. Uh, that's not necessarily Black Flag. But yeah, I think I think like the boat combat was also like a big focus because a lot of people liked the boat combat in three, but did not like that it was such an incredibly minor part of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the boat part was cool. Also, the the hunting. I mean, I, it's fucked up, but like you're hunting whales and sharks and shit. Like, 
that's something I don't agree with on a personal level, but as a gamer, it's really entertaining to do. But I think that's also one of the reasons why I like the third one is you're, I think the character was just interesting because you're playing a, like a native American slash British character. And I like the native American aspect to it, especially when you do hunt, there was like a sign of, there was like a sense of respect for the character. Like when he's like killing animals, you like, he had actually like, give it like a prayer like i don't know just I'll for some that. reason that i like that aspect of the character i'd also say that was the first game of the Assassin's Creed that you could hunt would made it more interesting oh, yeah. plus you could climb on fucking trees and shit you couldn't do that in the other games yeah well, there most- weren't really any trees around because you know that's what i'm saying it, it gave it more of a foresty um feel to it it felt like this is what if there was a native american assassin he would be running his trees and and fucking buildings it, it it felt i don't know it was the dances with wolves of the assassin's creed i don't know how else to fucking explain it i, I liked it but again i i only played it once through so once i do my whole fucking assassin's fucking marathon then i might have a very different opinion that's fair what was the the next game you bought man well it's easy uh, to just say i got lego the hobbit because I have basically every other fucking Lego game, but I sure. bought this before at GameStop, and then when I played it, it fucking was just not even playable. Like, literally, couldn't play it. It just didn't start. So oh, I had to weird. return it, and then I said, oh, well, fuck it. I'm not going to buy it. And then I said, oh, okay. GameStop was doing a sale where it was like, if you get four of stuff that's under $10, all four games will equal up to 20 bucks. So you spend 20 bucks on four games. Yeah, well, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, so I was just like, well, it's under 10 bucks. Fuck it. I don't have it. Real like, quick. The fact that it's a Lego game that I don't have is pretty easy. Real quick, or- Mark, you'll find this kind of humorous, but so that game that Rico just bought the Hobbit Lego one, I, Deb and I had that briefly. And then we also had Dishonored 2 and we decided we weren't going to play either of them. So we traded them in towards something else. I forget what it was. And what it is, is it it kind of irrelevant. I think it was Spider-Man, actually. But oh. so when we traded it in, I got more for the used copy of Lego Hobbit than I did for the brand new copy of Dishonored Two. Well, I don't think they. I don't think they care about the um, condition of the game or whether it's used or new. All they care about is how many of these do we presently have versus how many of these are people likely to purchase. True and. Dishonored 2 is one of those games that was really, really popular and then wasn't anymore, you know? Right, right. So, like, you could probably walk in there and buy Dishonored 2 used now for, like, 10 bucks. Yeah, I don't know, but probably. That kind of goes with my whole thing about one of my, the other games I got, because one of the other games was Max Payne 3, and I had that when it first came out. Like, I think I bought that fairly new. Like, I was really excited because I was a massive fan of the first two. Even I even really like the second one. Like a lot of people don't talk about Max Payne two. It's always the original. I really enjoyed Max Payne two. Yeah, Max Payne two was good. Yeah, there was a good quality where you can do that three sixty move where you could like immediately aim behind you. Mm. I thought that was cool. Or I guess it would be a one eighty. Well, you do a three sixty and a one eighty. But um, but when I got Max Payne three, 
It's gonna, I'm, just like, having, I'm just having last action hero flashbacks. <laughs> right. What, um, is this, what is this thing that you are doing on me? You are uh, you are doing a 360? No, you idiot. If I did a 360, I'd just turn around in a circle, and I'd be right where I am to start with. What? <laughs> Never mind. Bang. Yeah. That's, uh, that's Tyrion. That's Tywin Laster. Yep. Charles Dance. Um, and Anthony Quinn. So... My true colors are going to show for a second because I think we've all kind of done this at one point. But like I, for some reason, my even though it's new, my Max Payne three game, uh, I think got damaged. So I traded it in at GameStop and didn't tell them it was damaged because fuck it, why not? And I got like, I don't, I obviously I traded it for credit so I can like get a fucking better game. And I, but I think I got like two other Lego games. So. It's me saying, okay, this is another game that's less than 10 bucks. I'll fucking buy it. And right. I haven't started, I haven't tried it yet because I, for, for all I know, Karma's going to just kick me in the fucking nads and like say, oh, well, here's another fucking corrupted game. Which leads me to, I have two more to talk about. I'm, I'm saving one particular for last. Wait, um, wait, Rico, real quick, I would just want to point out, Mark, you were right. Dishonor 2 is $10. <laughs> yeah, not a surprise. Not a surprise. One of, so. South Park, the Stick of Destiny, I think is what it's called. Stick of Truth. Stick of Truth, thank you. Um, which I, my friend Michael played on his computer and I watched him and I sort of played with him. But we were also very hammered, so it is kind of like if when I start it, it will be like my first time. <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah. So I'm ex- sort of excited to play that, even though I'm sure it's going to be kind of infuriating. But re- brings me to what I, at the time, was like, oh my god, this fucking game? X-Men Origins Wolverine the Uncaged Edition. Which is like, I had heard about this game, and I had the X-Men Origins game that was not the Uncaged Edition. I'm like, wow, this is this is not very good. This is very much a very generic low-quality video game based on a movie video game. But then I had heard all about this Uncaged fucking shit. I'm like, what what fucking version of this? And it's basically the one of the more. It's the only Raid M Marvel game. Like <sighs> it's it's insane. As as Wolverine, you fucking hack. It is a hack and slash kind of. And it is one of those like time button pressing ones to like show a special move kind of thing. Uh-huh. But like, it's gory. Your care like this is the Logan Gore equivalent for a video game. Where you see, like, you're like, holy shit, why wasn't X-Men Origins this fucking good? <laughs> like, but, um, you get the, the, the Uncaged up. Edition has gotten generally positive reviews from everybody, whereas the other versions, not so much. Right. So I, but this is what it gets a little weird. I think Karma's kicking my ass. I played uh, Wolverine, the Uncaged one. I was like, holy shit, I want to start this. Fuck, fuck Lego for ten fucking minutes. I want to play this. And it's pretty fucking entertaining. Like it's really gory. And when your character gets shot the fuck up and damaged your like organs and muscle, like, like is, is all showing and you see yourself healing over time. Like it's actually kind of interesting to watch. Like there's, you have like a fucking hole in your chest and then you just see your heart beating and, and you're doing a lot of lunge attacks and, there's a part like because I only played like 30 minutes of it. There's a part where like you jump into a fucking helicopter, grab the pilot, and pick him up so the fucking blades cut off his fucking head. Like it's 
kind of fucking awesome. But then all of a sudden it fucking crashed and I got a black fucking screen and it said, this game is corrupted. So with CJ's advice, I actually deleted and like uninstalled everything. So I'm going to reinstall it and it could be the disc or it could just, I don't know. Well, I haven't tested it again, which was one of the things that we possibly could have done on the air today. I don't want to, could turn this into a help desk session, Mark, but does that sound like something you've heard of before? What's the problem that it's having? It I, says I, I, this game is... It stopped playing, the screen went black, and then a white text said this game is corrupted. Um, Honestly, that sounds just like like maybe clean the disc. I probably just should. I, I, I have disc cleaner. I could do that. That would be my recommendation, honestly, just because it would... It would probably resolve the issue that you're having i've had that a few times if you find that the disc is clean um maybe run um we get one of those laser lens cleaner type deals and put it into your ps4 ps3 and have it clean the lens that would be the only other thing i can think of it's you don't think it's something like what they did with like perfect dark or um metal gear solid one i think it was where like you would play it and you would get to that section and it would Make you think that things went awry. No, it's when absolutely they not that. It's absolutely yeah. not okay. that. <clears throat> only, <laughs> only a couple of games have ever really done that kind of thing, and X Men Origins Wolverine is definitely not one of them. <laughs> well, uh, being the uncaged or whatever it's called, it's just, it's just because it's more bloody. It's, it's a, it's a gory game, which gotcha. it should be, but that's the only reason why that version is the way that it is. Right. If I can, if I can show my ignorance for a, a second, I is there a very like specific way of keeping your system like oh like should i not have anything underneath it should i have nothing behind it should i have a fucking cloth covering it so it prevents dust like i'm i know i could talk to you guys about this because you are the fucking gaming experts that i know (laughs) but like like you know there was that whole thing about like there was an argument about having your PlayStation on its side as opposed to laying down, uh, you know, w- is better for not heating, overheating. And is there, do I have to fucking like bl- uh, spray with that dust off bullshit like once a month? Is, is there a fucking treatment so I don't fucking have to send my goddamn PS3 out again? Well, at Mark, some point? Mark, before you get into it, because I know you'll have a lot more to give him input on, I, my first thing to tell you, Rico, is always let it breathe. Make sure there's enough room for it to breathe. So don't have it, like, up against a wall or another piece of equipment. Like, make sure there's at least, I would say, at least an inch between... Like, if you have it next to something like a like a stereo receiver or a VCR or something, make sure there's at least an inch of space between the two units, especially wherever the vents are. And if I recall, the PlayStation vents are on the back and the left side, if I recall... So, so well, I I have it like on something, but overall there is space. But it always kind kind of feels like it's running a little warmer than well, it the, should. The, the PS3, at least mine too, tended to run a little hot. So I think that's just the, the design of the system. But Mark could probably speak to that better. I just don't want to be like, oh, it's totally fine. Then I'm like, I end up I'm fucking my own thing, you know, by accident. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get you. I feel like from an exterior perspective like from an external perspective just using cleaning like you know like um maybe just like a really simple cleaning fluid that you like alcohol is good i think but you you don't really you have the ability to use a lot of it because it just evaporates off too quick 
So the exterior, the exterior. Yeah. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, cause I would, I would say using general cleaning fluid is fine, but the problem is, is that you have to be careful to dry it off because right. you don't, you can't just do something with it. Like, you know, your table where you spray it and you wipe it and then you let it dry itself because stuff can get inside of the console. Yeah, Cleaning right. it internally is usually done with alcohol because it evaporates on its own. I'm trying to think of a cleaner that I would use externally. I've never cleaned a system, to be honest with you, Rico. Like, I'm yeah, not saying like I've cleaned it internal. I clean my systems internally when they need it. I've never bothered to do anything with the. I, do, I don't do anything special with keeping the exterior clean. I use like a Swiffer duster. Yeah, that's what I I've done. Just. Just keep it so. dust-free. If you have to hit it with that air duster, you can. I don't think that would do any harm to it, but don't don't concentrate on one space. Like do a quick one over, but don't like sit on it because it will it will start building up condensation if you stay in one location long enough. Right. Yeah. Usually, uh, the air duster is used if you're going to take it apart and clean out the inside. Right. Well, there is also the thing that because when I was having my problems with my PS3 before, before I actually sent it out. I thought maybe it was just not working right because it said there was a whole thing where you would turn it on. There was a message saying this system cannot be started because blah, 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 blah. I don't remember what the fucking message was. You can actually search it. Like you could type it PS3. This system cannot be restarted. It actually finished what the fuck the uh, problem is. And before I would send it out, I discovered there was this way of turning on the fan for the PS3. Like it is like have the, you, you have to press the eject button and then have it be unplugged, and then plug it in, and you hold down the eject button for like 10 seconds, and it would kickstart the fan on. And I noticed that people were recommending that to blow out dust from inside. Now, I would do that, but it didn't fucking ever get rid of any dust. So, I am i don't know. I'm not, I don't have a point to this. I'm just saying there was a weird way of cleaning out the inside, I guess. <clears throat> I don't... I mean, that works to a certain extent, but there's always going to be, like, X amount of dust inside of the console. I, you know, I don't take apart the console unless I need to. Uh, it will void the warranty, so if you have an actual warranty on a, on a console, it. don't do it, obviously. <laughs> but usually most people don't. Most people don't at this point, because, like, the warranties are, like, three months. So yeah, I've had mine for years, so I don't think I have a fucking warranty. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, you know, just look up a tutorial online on how to take the damn thing apart, take it apart, follow the directions. And, you know, um, if you want to clean out the inside of it, uh, some air in a can will blow the dust out of the fans. And, you know, some isopropyl alcohol and a Q-tip will clean the laser webs. And as far as general storage, though, Rico, like I said, keep it keep it free and clear. I am not a fan of standing it up, but I don't know that it really does any harm. I like keeping it flat. I think it I think it's better that way, but that's just my personal thing. I've been I standing my consoles up for years now, just because it it, it makes sure that there's space, and I haven't yeah. had a problem. So yeah, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it on its side just for the sheer chance that my cat would probably walk into it and then knock it over. Like I wouldn't want. <laughs> Like, that would just be like, oh, I, I saved it, and then, oh, my cat killed it. <laughs> because he was actually known for, like, walking on it. Even though it's laying on its on down, like, you know, level, he would, like, I guess he would be like, I couldn't tell if he was just like, oh, I like the heat, or, hey, you're not paying attention to me. Fuck you. <laughs> it could be. Dino is known for doing that type of shit. He'll just walk in front of the TV and just be like, I know you're trying to watch a movie. But fuck you, I'm here, and I'm cute, piece of shit. He's, he's, walking, 
he's walked in front of us while we've been recording. I mean, you know, so. Um, yeah, the fact he doesn't is because he's asleep right now. He's just curled up next to stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think you're doing fine. And Rico, I think you just, the, when, it, when it died on you before, it just ran its course. You know, that's what it kind of sounds like to me. Which makes me think I'm on borrowed time again. Well, I mean, my see, mine went to a point where I had to buy a new one for the simple fact that the cost to repair it didn't... It was more expensive to get it repaired than it would have been to get a brand new one. And so that's what I ended up doing. The only thing I sacrificed with mine was I had a backwards compatible one, meaning mine went all the way back. I could play PS1 and PS2 titles. The new one I have will play PS1 titles, but it will not play PS2 titles, which is... Does that fucking like piss you guys off a little bit? That now they're like releasing these PS classic things. Like you want to be retro, you could play PlayStation One games. You're like motherfucker. Like just why did they just have backwards compatibility for everything? Now everyone's being like, oh, I'm playing retro. I can play a fucking PS One system. We have to go uh, out. This is this this would actually. I can try to condense this down, but yes, no. <laughs> the, the short answer to the question is yes. I fucking hate this shit as much as you do, but yeah. So. The TLDR on it is here. Backwards compatibility has been difficult for the consoles. It was easy from PS1 to PS2. Every console generation afterward, it's been more difficult because the the, the console manufacturers have been changing processor types, going between the x86 model of processor, which is what we commonly use for home computers, and the the power pc type which is what mac used to use for its processors and they don't play super great together they don't use the same machine language so it's always a case of it's not just a straight emulation more work is involved in that when it went from ps1 to ps2 it was the same type of processor but they're like the companies have swapped back and forth i think in the going forward, it's always going to be x86 type processors because, like, the PowerPC processor brand is, is kind of sort of defunct at this point. So that won't be an excuse anymore. But that's the main reason that we kind of sort of see that shit. That having been said, backwards compatibility has also been seen as, like, was something that eventually the manufacturers sort of realized, like, they didn't want to be bothered with just because, you know, hey we can sell you another God of War with slightly better graphics. Hey, we can sell you the games that you used to play for $5 or $10 on the PlayStation or Xbox store for download just just as is. Hey, we can sell you these retro consoles. Now, I don't have a problem with like the Nintendo retro consoles, except for the fact that there really should have just been more games on the goddamn things. Yeah, but the, the the Sony PlayStation Classics console is terrible. That thing, that thing is a colossal fucking piece of shit. <laughs> it really is. It's a bad. It's a bad console. Yes, and I mean at this point, if you if you know how to follow directions, or if, if you're a particularly big nerd, if you know how to program, you can just get yourself a Raspberry Pi and make one for yourself. Okay, Mark, you got to elaborate on Raspberry Pi because you've lost... Yeah, I don't, I, Raspberry I, Pi is like this tiny little computer box that you can purchase on Amazon for like 100 bucks, 
and you can just install an operating system to it that does whatever you would want it to do and just get a Raspberry Pi with an HDMI port on it that, you know, and maybe like a couple of USB ports, boom, I can plug in a PlayStation controller or yeah. like a, a modern Xbox controller or a modern PlayStation controller, and I can play anything that I can emulate on the Raspberry Pi. Mm. Okay. It, you know it requires a little bit of doing, but it's an entirely it's an entirely viable way of making your own home emulator. I keep thinking about doing something like that where I, you know, hook it up and I just have all the games that I would want to play right on my right on my TV. But I just I just Well, I would I think that that would be fun and like if you want to play a Super Nintendo game, that could see the appeal to that. But I think there, I would also argue there is more of a, an appeal of having a Super Nintendo controller in your hand with an old school Super Nintendo game. Right, but they, system. they sell Super Nintendo controllers that have USB wires. So you theoretically could still get this Raspberry thing and get that controller for like $8 and plug it into I it. Know, I know, but like I'm saying, the, 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 it's like, oh, you want to watch this old movie that you saw on VHS? You could just watch it on Blu ray. Is what I'm trying to like. Yeah, compare is is what I'm saying. There is something about like because I I mean I can only speak for myself as having like a VCR still. I was a when I was a hardcore collector of VHSs. Even though I know I could find any fucking movie I want on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever the fuck, there is something about finding that tape at like a yard sale and yeah. in good condition, and then going back to like that nostalgia period of being like I'm going to put this tape in a fucking VCR and sit back and watch a movie I want to watch. Well, yeah, with- and and uh, yeah, there's something about the hunt. I think, Mark, you would agree with that in general. There's something about going out on the hunt sometimes and finding stuff. Like, So, real quick, Rico, I will tell you, and you actually segued to something to be kind of fun to talk about. Mark, you and I have already talked about this, so I apologize for the repeat conversation, but there was a thing on Twitter that I tagged Mark in where this other person whose name escapes me i'll try to find it before we're done put up a question that said name the best super nintendo game that does not feature mario link or an or is not an rpg and we had a nice little conversation about it and it was it was fun and i actually picked a game called rock and roll racing which was a fun game um and then mark i think you had said sunset riders correct yes yeah. Though I think at this Wait, point I'd probably go Super Metroid. That's fair. Is Suicide Riders that fucking cowboy game? Yes. yes. Fuck, dude. I haven't thought about that goddamn game in years. That shit was legit. It was. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. oh my god, dude. You are just... Because I had a Super Nintendo when I was a kid, but I fucking sold it at like a flea market that my, or uh, a yard that my mom was throwing and some kid made me an offer. All my fucking games and my Super Nintendo was like God, what I I think I sold it for like all for fifty bucks. Oh, brutal! Um, Oh, I had so many good games, but I forgot about Sunset Riders. Shit. The point to bring that up though is that in the thread, people were listing all kinds of different games, and some people weren't paying attention to rules, and they were saying things like Zelda: Link to the Past, which doesn't qualify because Link's in it. But a couple other people said stuff like Sim City, which was a game I fucking loved, and I drove. Before I met you, Rico, so probably like two years ago, maybe maybe longer, because it was before I met Deb. Um, we just passed our three year anniversary, actually. Um, and we um, happy anniversary, Deb. 
<laughs> but I drove like two hours to get a copy of SimCity on on like <laughs> cartridge. I have the cartridge for my Super Nintendo. If I could join the argument, I'd I'd like to contribute. So it was Super Nintendo only. Super Nintendo only, and it can't have Mario, Link, or be an RPG. So just. And not that you don't know what an RPG is, but just for examples for the listeners, that would immediately disqualify stuff like Final Fantasy 3 slash 6 or Chrono Trigger. So I would have chosen something like, I mean, one of the more fun ones that I played was there was a Beavis and Butthead Super Nintendo game. Oh, jeez. Mm. <laughs> I remember that game. Yeah, where he, like it, the whole like point of it is for them to get a like, gore tickets to go to a gore concert so it's like them running around their neighborhood there's a highland hospital one there's the school like i remember that was fun uh because that was like the first game where my dad was like i don't want you playing this my dad was not okay not nothing anything against me with some butthead it was just like there's like some of the enemies that you have to go up against are dogs so it like shows you punching a dog in the face or something and my dad's like i don't like this rico um probably also like six at the time i would think right yeah, something like that. Yeah. I was I was young. It wasn't about like, it wasn't Beavis and Butthead. He let me watch that because I had older brothers who were watching that. It was more about like a like condoning a video game that was abusive towards animals. Sure, mm. sure. So he would like not like Assassin's Creed, like three or and four. Um, but another one was the Lost Vikings. Yeah, you- that one. That was one we were discussing uh, during the board game night on Saturday. That yeah. that game was the shit. I never finished it. I never fucking beat it. But also, I was never a hardcore gamer at seven. So, and mm. an interesting thing that you would appreciate, you would appreciate because so rock and roll racing was um, similar to a game that came out for the Nintendo, the original NES system called uh, RC Pro Am. If you've ever played that game, I'm not sure. And it's a racing game on a short track, and you do like four to six laps, and whoever crosses the line first wins. Um, mm-hmm. And Mark, did we ever figure out was Lost Vikings in Rock and Roll Racing the same company we did establish that or no? I can find out. Okay. Um, I think it is because one of the hidden characters in Rock and Roll Racing was Olaf from the Lost Vikings. And really? it was like a it was a special character it had the car was like super soaked yes souped up yeah, they the were originally company. it was originally under their their original developer name as Silicon Synapse. Um which is what they were known as during the early 90s, but we would more commonly know them as Blizzard. I thought it was Interplay for some reason. Anyway. Interplay was involved in it, but no. Uh, They developed RPM Racing for the SNES, The Lost Vikings, Rock and Roll Racing, Death and Return of Superman, Blackthorn, and then like they went and Justice League Task Force, and then they basically went to PC and just kind of never looked back. Yeah. Blackthorn was a good fucking game too, but that's another conversation. Um, so yeah, so but to tie it back to what you were saying, Rico, yeah, Olaf from the Lost Vikings was one of the hidden was a hidden character, and that's this is back when hidden characters weren't like you just buy the DLC or you go here. You had to do like, and it's not this code because I know what this one is, but it'd be like the Konami code up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. You know that whole thing, but. Um, it was something similar to that, where you had to like hold L R R select and then hit reset or some bullshit, and he would show up. You know, there was also, I mean, this the closest thing to Super Mario, I guess, for this 
category would probably be like Donkey Kong. Like Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong Country. Super, yeah. Super Donkey Kong or Donkey Kong Country was just as fun as the Super Mario games, but like if not almost funner. The graphics look cleaner. The graphics look more 3D and brighter and more vibrant. Well, and that's because of Rare, right, Mark? If you would, would you agree? That was because Rare of Rare's involvement? In which game? Donkey Kong Country. And, and <laughs> the, the tech involved in it, yeah. Um, I don't think that, I don't think that Rare, like, I don't think it's like, you know, like other people couldn't have done that, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I don't want to say that, you know, Rare is the only one who could have done that. Oh, no. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, like, that was the, the the vision they had for it. What it was, but it was their engine, wasn't it? I don't know if it was their engine necessarily or not. I know they utilized it for all the Donkey Kong Country games, but I don't. Right. Well, and I don't Star know Fox, if it was like an right? in-house thing or right. what. So probably that's. I have never really back in the day. Like you just kind of developed everything by hand, but there were other games that were technologically doing what Donkey Kong Country did, just not as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, there is another thing I wanted to kind of bring up, but Rico, if you had another point about the SNES, I keep going, but I just, there's something. No, I was just trying to think of any other fucking games that I played at that point. I mean, I did play SimCity. I don't think I understood it. I think I was just too young to really kind of get a feel for it because all I remember was like Godzilla or it looked like Bowser. It was Bowser. It was Bowser. Yeah. Bowser just kept fucking up my city and I didn't understand how to get rid of him or what to do. You could, well, you could, and like you said, you were kind of young to understand, but you could actually go in and lower the level of the um, disasters that would come across here. It was in the settings. You could mm-hmm. lower lower or raise it, and you could raise it to a point where, like, you would get hit with, like, a tornado, Bowser, an earthquake, and, like, a, like a wildfire simultaneously. Like, that's the level of intensity you could take it up to. Or you could take it as low as, you know, like, just having a tsunami depending if you had waterfront property, because different maps had different levels of water. Yeah, I, I couldn't understand it. I mean, I played a lot of Super Mario Kart. I played a, a lot of Super Mario World, uh, Donkey Kong Country, and the second one, I guess, was Diddy Kong or whatever the yeah. fuck. D- yeah, and there was uh, a third one, actually, with um, a female, and I forget her name right now. But well, yeah, the, the, a- the, third, the first game was Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. The second one was Diddy Kong and Trixie Kong, I want to say. No, Trixie tr- then- didn't. Oh, yeah, you're right. She was in the second one. Yeah. Yes, and then in the third one, it was her and, like, I don't know, like, a baby Kong, I think? Yeah. So, like, they, yeah. they traded out, like, the protagonist from the game to, like, somebody else in the next game, and, like, for each, for all three of them. Shitty Kong. Yeah, shitty Kong, basically. Um, yeah, I, I, there could be arguments to be made that the Super Nintendo was maybe one of the best consoles put out there. I mean, not necessarily graphically compared to what we're seeing today, but from a quality... Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it Cashback Match. Now to recap and say cashback one more time. We match all the cashback you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Quality perspective. And every console has shitty games. That's not, you know, that's very realistic. But 
I think the level of good quality outweighed the level of shitty quality. Mark, would you agree? In in which things in general are we talking about here? Just well, yes, in general yeah, I, or? Yeah, I think in general because I know you could deep dive that and I'm sure I could hold that conversation with you. But yeah, for more of a deal, I, I think you were more likely, if you were to buy a game you not heard of that was not a Nintendo property, you still had a chance of getting a a semi-decent game. That doesn't mean they were all great, but you had a better chance of getting something like a Sunset Riders or, you know, doing away with the rules of the Twitter feed, you know, a Chrono Trigger or a Final Fantasy 3 or, you know, like, whatever. So so here's the thing. Um, I mean, you're kind of... Are we talking about just the SNES or yes. any... Yeah, I'm talking just SNES. I guess you could... I, I, I guess the point you're getting well, here's to is like, I guess here's my thing. with Genesis Have you ever too? heard of Sturgeon's Law? Um, I think I've heard the name, but I'm not familiar with it. Um, the TLDR is the, the Sturgeon's Law is an adage that's commonly cited as 90% of everything is shit. Okay. So, <laughs> with that in mind, I would say I can derive a certain degree of enjoyment from a, a fair amount of the SNES library. But I would definitely agree that all video game libraries fall into the category of 90%, like 80 to 90% of everything is shit. So if you just walked into a video game store, there's a pretty good chance that if you didn't know anything and you just grabbed a game off the shelf, that you were probably walking out with nothing. Like with, with kind of like what I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's sort of my argument. It was like, well, it may be shit, but I don't care. It was a deal. I paid money for a shitty deal. That's okay. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, I feel that there is a certain amount of joy to be had in terrible games in the same way that there is with terrible movies. Of course. You know, like uh, if I walk out with, well, think... with like, Dr. Butcher Medical Deviant, I can still enjoy that even if it's an objectively <laughs> terrible fucking movie. And in the same way, I can walk out with, you know, a copy of Agony for the PlayStation 4. It, it's a piece of shit, but I can enjoy it because it's a piece of shit. Right. I think that's one of my guilty pleasures was like movies or base. I'm sorry, video games that are based on movies. Like Iron Man three is not a very good game, especially for like a Marvel standpoint or even it, like a movie game standpoint. It's not a very good but movie. It's, it's not a very well. There was that's what I'm saying. There was like a video game adaptation of it, no, or it was um, like Iron Man two. Or, it was just Iron Man. What am I saying? It was just Iron Man. Okay. But, like, the same thing was, like, they made a game of The Incredible Hulk. And it was just one of those very generic, it, it's a tie-in movie video game. The, the um, Which one are we talking about? Ultimate Destruction or? Well, that was, a, I think they re-released it as Ultimate Destruction. No, the, the, if, if, you're, if you're talking about the first, the, like, the, 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 the first Sega game, I think, it was The, Hulk, no, the Incredible no. Hulk. No, it was a. PS, not not the. There was a video game adaptation of the Eric Banana fucking Hulk. Eric the Banana. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I call. Him. He, I was, never, he I, was terrible. He was terrible. He was terrible. I've never been able to not call him Eric Banana anymore. Like I rewatched Funny People because I showed it to Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Eric Look, Banana Hammock. Eric, Eric Banana Hammock comes shows up. Um, <laughs> um, like, don't make him angry. He'll probably cry if he gets angry. <laughs> the the only good irony is he's actually really fucking good at that movie. <laughs> um, 
But there was the video game adaptation of the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk movie, like where Tim Roth is in it. Like, and I there was. It's one of those games where it has a ton of skins, where like you can run around New York City as the Abomination, and ver and different versions of the Hulk. Like I think Red Hulk was featured. Hmm. So I, you know, those it's were my guilty. I play that. Those are my guilty pleasures, and then I, and then I kind of just like, oh wow, these are all awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I will, um, I will say the Ultimate Destruction game was really good. But yes, the uh, the Incredible Hulk game by Sega was basically sort of a a a pastiche of that game, and was not as good. I feel like I feel like the way you make a good Incredible Hulk game is you basically make Rampage with the Hulk. Yeah, Ultimate Destruction was uh, a fucking that awesome was, game. Even the Sega game was fine. It just wasn't like great or anything. All those games, the Iron Man one, I think they made a Thor one, and they made an Incredible Hulk one. All those games were you could just when you're playing that you're like, wow, they are not even close to Spider Man good quality. Like Spider Man Two, the video game on fucking PS2. Yes, that game was so good. That is so goddamn good, and it still holds up. Like. Rick I remember like watching it played. Like I'm like, wow, man, this brings back a lot of memories. I wish I could play this. Mark, I would, I would argue that the new one actually overshadows that one, though. Well, yes, uh, but I mean, we're talking like over a decade of difference. I would fucking hope that a game like that's the thing that's really frustrating to me is like your your statement is correct, and like I'm not I'm not dunking on your statement in any way, shape, or form. Yes, How you frustrating are. is that it took us that fucking long to get to that point. No, that's, that's, my point about that's the part that's frustrating to me is that you should be able to say that about every fucking Spider-Man game that came out after Spider-Man 2. You can't. You well, know, that, that's the point of how good Spider-Man 2 is. I mean, they've made like, like Spider-Man 3, which was another movie tie in fucking game was OK. It was not phenomenal. Like, I remember being like, wow, Spider-Man 2 was better. And then there was Ultimate Spider-Man where you that was actually really fucking fun. Spider-Man Three was I I hated that goddamn game, but that's why. But it was still entertaining. It was just like eh, it's it's okay. It's not Spider-Man Two, but there was another one called Ultimate Spider-Man where it was like a three D comic book. It was very comic booky looking, and you could play as both Venom and Spider-Man, and that was a really unique way of doing it. It was like you are like you are a Hulk leaping off of buildings as the giant Venom, and, and like sucking people in your bodies and like eating them and like throwing them up basically rejecting them and um and then like there was the amazing spider-man which i do have on ps3 and it was really funny cj fucking got the new spider-man game on ps4 i don't have a ps4 so i when he bought that i went and got the amazing spider-man on ps3 because i'm like well i've never played it i'll fucking buy it and it was like 10 bucks or something so he and I are both playing very different versions of Spider-Man. <laughs> and he's time. like, I'm really enjoying this game. And you're like, I am not. Well, I was like, I'm okay. I pissed off and jealous. But I, you know, I, like I said, I, I have very low standards because I'm not a, I'm not a hardcore gamer where I'm just like, oh man, the graphics are fucking, I mean, I could still do that. I'd be like, well, the graphics kind of suck, but Although I also will play a fucking ton of Lego and still be happy. We hmm. can get to a point, Mark, where, because, and I'm sure you're aware that PlayStation has remote play for laptops, and actually now for phones and tablets, they just uh, they just upgraded the, the um, app to do that. But 
I we sat here one day before we were recorded, and Rico watched me play Spider Man for like forty minutes. And then I went and played Amazing Spider-Man and cried. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, I cried because I'm like, fuck, I really want to play Spider-Man 2 again. Because that's just good God. But I also, I remember playing the fucking 96 Activision Spider-Man game on PS1. Yep. Yeah. That game was fun at the time, but it does not hold up at, well. At the time, that was fucking amazing. And I never played the fucking sequel to it. I only played the first one. I remember incredibly frustrated that you couldn't go down the ground. Like you just like the concept of go of being on top bu- tall buildings and then going down, which is like, nope. even if you crawled like on the side of the building and went down towards the ground, you would just fall off and die. It was so yeah. you're, it was very weird. And that, that li- that final level uh, against the carnage, Dr. Octopus, was so goddamn difficult to fucking do. Like you had to play that shit for hours before you finally finished that final level. For me, it took, for- me, it took me a few tries. Definitely, it was. Uh, it was not my finest moment. And that's the the screaming of the carnage. Ock was so goddamn annoying. It was one. Of the, it was one of the first time I fucking lowered the volume or turned off the volume playing a video game. Because it wasn't like I didn't have to have my mom say, turn that shit down. It was always being like, fuck this noise. This is awful. But I kept having the audio in the background just in case there was a clue of how to get through this fucking level because you're running towards the screen and then you're going up and then you're going backwards. And you're like, you're fucking God, dude, for such a fucking labyrinth, where the hell is David Bowie? Yeah. Yeah. Goblin King, Goblin King, wherever you may be, get this fucking bullshit far the fuck away from me. Yeah, Green Goblin King, Green Goblin King. Come on, motherfucker. That's funny. Um, I, I actually want to move on to another video game point. So I know if we would need to circle back, we certainly can. But there's there was an announcement today that, Mark, you're going to find kind of interesting. I think, Rico, I think you will too. But this, I'm really curious to get Mark's reaction on it. Um, first off, I, I want to ask you, Rico, real quick, who's your cable provider out there? Who's your cable company? Say that again? Who's your cable company out there? Who provides your cable? I think it's AT&T. Okay. And I know they offer a cable, but there's a reason I was asking. The reason I'm asking is because there's a company that's based out of Philadelphia, but they are a nationwide company called Comcast, and they generally go more by Xfinity now, but Comcast is the name. Okay. I didn't know if you were familiar with them. I've had Comcast before. um, Okay. At my desk. I I think I actually told uh, Maxwell here that we really should consider getting Comcast because I know it's usually better internet. Yeah, the internet is definitely better. The cable is another conversation. But anyway, that aside, they announced today, because again, they're based out of Philadelphia here. They are building a 3,500 seat eSports arena in Philadelphia. Why? Well, eSports is a pretty big thing at this point. I mean, you know, Fortnite, Arena... Mark, help me out here if I'm missing a few, but you know where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. It's, well, the thing is, is the esports encompasses many different um, franchises and, and, thing, and uh, genres. So, yeah. like, you know, you've got the entirety of the fighting game community. So you've got, like, you know, Street Fighter and, and all of the various iterations of that. You have Mortal Kombat. You have Tekken. You have uh, Dead or Alive. You have Under Night Inbirth. You have Soul Calibur. Blah, blah, blah. The point is... 
there's there's you know just the entirety of the fighting game community can do stuff with that then you're talking about the the i don't remember what's the term the moba genre which is um massively online battle arena where it's you know league of legends or uh dota uh dawn of the ancients um or um the, the the game that blizzard has made um here's the storm uh, where those games are, you know, uh, a big competition battleground right now. Then you have all of the first-person shooters that offer that sort of stuff, like uh, Counter-Strike Go and, uh, you know, uh, the Quake Arena games and so on and so forth that still have tournaments going on. And then more recently, there's the Battle Royale games, which is, you know, uh, PUBG, Fortnite, Fortnite uh, Spellbreaker, or Spellbound, whatever the hell the name of that game is, is coming out, um, <laughs> Apex Legends. Uh, et cetera, so on. And it's esports is becoming a, a bigger and bigger thing than like, you know, like we've had fighting game, like um, the, the fighting game tournament Evo has been on ESPN the past couple of years, for yeah. example. So it's, it's, it's becoming a bigger and bigger thing. I don't see the inherent value in making an arena entirely dedicated to esports when I would imagine most esports could be run out of traditional arenas. Well, but the the story I read about it is that there are esports arenas in foreign countries. This is this will be the first one in the United States. Um and you know, just getting back to the games real quick, the other thing they're going to be able to run through this, and, and Mark, I know this doesn't necessarily appeal to you as so much, but you'll be able to do stuff like Madden and NHL and NBA 2K and, and possibly even like, you know, some of the WWE games, you know, like, like WWE 2K, whatever it will be at that point. You know what I mean? So they, they can run these things through and they are investing a shit ton of money in this. They're spending $50 million to build this arena. I mean, I, a Madden tournament would be fine. They've done plenty of Madden tournaments over the years. I don't know that there would be too many uh, WWE video game tournaments just because I think that ship has sailed in terms of the popularity of the games, which is doing no small part to the fact that the WWE has made their brand popular, but their actual product not so much. But that's a conversation for another day. But yeah, like Madden tournaments are definitely a thing. There there have been Madden tournaments all over the place, so that's entirely feasible. It's, again, it's just to me, I just don't know why you wouldn't just use a regular arena because like the thing is, sure, other countries have built arenas for you know um, um, esports tournaments, because they don't have arena sports, you know. Well, South mean, Korea does not have lots of arena sports. True. Like there's true. not. They don't have basketball. They don't have football. They don't have hockey. They don't have all that shit. We have lots of fucking arenas all over the goddamn place. Well, and, you know, and, there's an arena near me. There's like within yeah. a, within an hour, within a two hour drive. There's like six arenas that I can go to. There is an arena literally twenty minutes from my house. You know, it's I feel like the idea is interesting, but it just feels to me like there's like the, the there's an idea there that's neat, but it's not necessary in the U.S. marketplace. And it seems like a hype thing more than actually making valuable use of the time and the concept. And I would not be surprised if that esports arena ends up changing hands like 12 times in a decade period 
because nobody can really do anything with it that couldn't be done with just a traditional fucking arena. Well, here's the interesting thing about it, and I will get ready to start wrapping up for the night, but one of the things that is being... The thing that's proposed about it is they're putting it right down in the heart of the sport, what I would essentially call the sports district in Philadelphia. So it's going smack dab in the middle of where the, the baseball, football, and hockey slash basketball stadiums are in South Philadelphia. So I'm wondering if it's a way to try to help legitimize esports as a thing. I don't think that that's their intention. Like, I could see companies that are esports focused doing that and being involved in that because they want to legitimize their own existence. Right. I don't think Comcast gives a fuck on that level. Like, they're just looking at it as another stream of income. I don't think they care about legitimizing it so much as this is just like, in general, them kind of sort of like getting involved in it. In I, I don't want to call it grift necessarily because that that feels uncharitable to a multi-billion-dollar organization, but it definitely feels like something that they are doing because it makes them look better, not because it has anything to do with you know trying to improve the posture of esports. And I don't I don't necessarily see I just I don't see the value in it. I think there's much more that you could do to actually improve the posture and the position of esports that doesn't involve building an 80 gajillion dollar fucking arena when we already have like 50 fucking arenas. Like, like I am one well, of those people that's definitely like the, the football team already has a fucking arena. They can pay for their own goddamn arena out of their own pocket instead of making the taxpayers pay for it. So right, well, to me, the idea a- of building another arena is like, so... Well, and that's the thing, though, is I don't think they're asking for the, the public to pay for it because I get your point, Mark, and you're absolutely no, it's, right it's about still, that. No, it's still like, – to me, it's, I feel like f- fucking use the sovereign bank arena for, for eSports and build a homeless shelter. Well, Fuck I'm, you, yes, you know? yes. I mean, I can't argue with that logic. But So just to give you a little bit of quick background on what they're planning to do with this because it, it – Apparently, there's a team out of Philadelphia, an esports team called the Fusion. So that's why they're calling it the Fusion Arena right now. Now they're they are looking for someone to buy the naming rights. So I guess X, Xfinity is not planning to hold on to that, which is strange. But that's beside the point. Um, but they are also going to use it for, and this is the thing you'll find interesting, Mark. I think they're going to use it for TED Talks um, and K-pop concerts. Okay. Um. I didn't realize that the Philadelphia Fusion was involved in this, so it's going to be a fucking Overwatch esports arena on top of everything else. Jesus Christ. All right, fine. Whatever. (laughs) Okay. Overwatch is fine. I just don't... I don't see that lasting any more than a couple more years as an esports thing. Like, it's another case of you're not going to make fetch a thing, Gretchen. But uh, it's a (laughs) 3,500-seat arena. I went and I Googled it, which is like... Yeah, I'm not. It's a small it arena, you know. Yeah. It's 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 fine, but it's just like I feel like there are probably small arenas around that you could use. But okay, at least it's not going to be a big one necessarily. Well, yeah. So I, I can kind of sort of nod and go with that. I guess the 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 TED talks. I I don't fucking care about that because like TED talks have value. I'm never never will I ever attend a TED talk live. 
Never will I ever do that to myself. I would sooner <laughs> throw myself down a flight of stairs and, and land fucking dick first on a sharp bicycle <laughs> than fucking spend an hour sitting there listening to some asshole who thinks he's smarter than me bloviate on cheese. Okay. On that note, um, yeah. that's, that's, the, this, that's the end of this episode. No, uh, Paul, sorry. it's you. My name is... Um, no, we... <laughs> That's but I mean, it's just this. like it's just it's it's fuck TED talks. Like I, I appreciate the value of them. Just put them on the internet and let me watch them there. I don't, yeah. don't, don't. I'm not gonna fucking ever go to that shit. And I can't imagine. I would never want to be friends with a person who thinks that there is value in sitting and watching TED talks because I feel like that is the sort of person who like. Like their diet consists of mayo on white bread because anything else is too spicy for their palate. If you get what I'm saying. Um, well, Mark, it's been for the, the, nice the K-pop concerts. The K-pop concerts. Uh, fucking hell yeah! I'll I'll go and watch an FX concert. I don't give a fuck. I will absolutely do that. Well, Mark, it's been nice being friends. Um, I valued the friendship we had until 30 seconds ago because. Of- <laughs> You go and you would go sit and watch a TED talk. I depending on the topic, I think I would. Yeah, depending on the topic, sure. But like, I don't see the benefit in that, like being a thing that you would go to routinely. I don't think no. we need an arena for that. You know, what I'm I don't saying? think it's going to be the routine purpose of it. I think the routine purpose is going to be, you know, like we said, the gaming things. But anyway, um, sure. Go to the fucking go to the community college and do it like a normal person. Fair enough. All right, man. Well, I, listen, I, I, I think we've covered all the the gaming we're going to get through. I mean, I know, Mark, you could go on for hours, and I appreciate that for what that's worth, and I could probably do it with you, but it is late on the East Coast, and you and I both have to get up for work tomorrow. So, Yeah, I mean, but I work from home, so I've defeated the pantryarchy. Yeah, well, lucky you. I don't get to do that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's why I went, that's why I, I went I, to college. Yeah, I gotta start you. cooking dinner. So. Yeah, Enrico needs to eat. I know he's hungry. So, listen, Mark, I appreciate you coming on. Um, we really wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of, you know, come on and not be, you know, digested by the Oscars, like we said. <coughs> um, yeah, no, I appreciate it. You know, we'll hope to have you back for our, our birthday party next month or two months from now, technically, I guess, because we're still technically in March. But Yeah, whenever, whenever you guys want to have me back, so long as I don't have something else going on, I would absolutely do that. All right, Mark, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate your time and, and, and for a quick peek behind the curtain. It was a clusterfuck trying to make this work on all our parts, so I, mainly our, mine and Rico's. So thank you for being yeah. understanding about that. I went and I looked up video game puns, and somebody said, you know when you walk in a room and you forgot why you went in there? God's playing The Sims, and he just canceled your action. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. All right, good night, everybody. Hi everyone, Stephanie here with a few thank yous and FYIs on how you can get in touch with and follow Podescue. Oh yeah, and the guys. Let's start with a huge shout out thanks to Dubbed in English for the opening theme music, 96 Reasons. If you're trying to find them online, they've dropped off the face of the earth. (laughs) Just kidding. But no, really, their music is offline now, so send an email request to podescue at gmail.com or CJ's Twitter handle at m underscore blade and he'll throw you a copy of the full song and or the whole ep plan nine also let's give a big thanks to samuel lemons for our closing music theme askew 
I encourage you to discover more of Samuel's masterfully manipulated rhythms on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Samuel-Lemons. I don't know how you're listening to this now, but you can find other Podeskew episodes in several places, starting with iTunes and Stitcher, where a quick high star rating from you goes a long way in helping us hit the top of the charts. Or you may prefer Google Play Music. Don't want to be strapped down by an app? Then find us on podcast search engine, Listen Notes. Type in P-O-D-A-S-K-E-W, yes, that's all one word, into any of the aforementioned searches and Podeskew will pop right up on whatever screen you're using. And of course, there's our founding site that started it all, Podcast Garden, at www.podcastgarden.com slash podcast slash Podeskew. By the by, if you're looking to host your own show, Podcast Garden is the ideal place for all your podcast hosting needs at a very affordable price. Now, if you want to agree with or yell at the guys directly, follow them and the show on Twitter. For the show, at PodAskew. For Rico, at RantsRico. And again, CJ is at M underscore Blade. Finally, let's not forget our biggest thank you is to you for listening, subscribing, rating on iTunes and Stitcher, and promoting our show by being our fans. CJ and Rico truly appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon.